It was a baseball draft unlike any other. Five rounds and it was over. Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy stops by to wrap it up on Sports KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, June 15th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. After the two-day draft, the Royals signed a handful of undrafted free agents, including a catcher who said he was influenced by what the Royals had to say late last month about standing by their minor league players throughout the shutdown. After talking with Lynn, we'll hear from the Royals' first two picks, Texas A&M pitcher Asa Lacey and Baylor shortstop and all-purpose player Nick Lofton. They had some interesting say about the Royals as well. So here we go with Lynn Worthy. Lynn, how you doing? Good, Blair. How you doing? I'm doing okay. So baseball draft has come and gone, and it was um, it's, you know just fascinating, really, to me. You know, used to 40 rounds of a, of a baseball draft, and we got only five this year, but but then there was some activity, of course, after the draft and some free agent signings. But let's um, let's talk about the the second day of the Royals. We we did talk about Asa Lacey and Nick Lofton last week, the the pitcher from Texas A and M, and the sort of the all purpose player from uh, from Baylor, who were the first two picks for the Royals. Let's talk about the guys they took on day two and, and some of the free agents. Was there is there one of the day two picks that stands out to you? Someone that we really need to keep an eye on. I don't know if there's one guy. Um, I mean, they, they they picked well. I guess the one guy who sort of stands out a little bit just because of the fact that he was the only high schooler was the kid from uh, De La Salle in Chicago, Ben Hernandez, who um, sounds like uh, and he was he was their first day two pick, forty um, first overall, um, and he was a guy that supposedly had impressed at uh, some of the big scouting uh, showcase type events, the uh, prospect development pipeline and the Under Armour uh, All-American game. Um, but aside from that, they went pretty heavy on the college pitching. I mean, they went, they picked uh, three pitchers the second day out of their four picks, and uh, right. the other two were college guys. And so they, they, they only picked up one position guy, that being the Tyler Gentry out of Alabama. But they, they went all in on some pitching. They did. They did. So you're right. Tyler Gentry, outfielder from Alabama, went – number 76 overall, that he was in the third round. And then Christian Chamberlain, a lefty from Oregon State in the fourth round. And Will Klein, a right-handed pitcher from Eastern Illinois in the fifth round. And that has absolutely been a trend with the Royals over the last uh, three years, college pitching. And uh, just guys who we think are closer to the majors than, than high school pitchers. What does, uh, what's the organization's philosophy on this? Why so many college pitchers? You know, and I've I've heard people say that it's not so much necessarily that it's just the college pitchers. It's, you know, I mean, depending on year to year what you have in the draft and what's available to you. But I think the thing, you know, just generally with college pitchers is you have more data on them. You have um, more looks at them. I mean, they start keeping track of these guys and, and getting a feel for them when they're, you know, 14 years old. So, I mean, if, if you're talking about a high school guy, then that means you maybe have seen him for three, four years and developed some relationships with him. A college kid, if you were scouting him when he was, you know, freshman in high school and you're talking about you might have had some background with him going, you know, uh, five, six, seven years. Um, and you'll have seen him against higher level competition. Uh, when you get to the college guys, if they play summer league, you get to see him sw- swing wood bats. You see him pitch against wood bats. Um, so you just get a better feel for guys the more, um, you know, if you get in on them early and um, you've gotten a lot of data from what they've done in high school and 
uh, college and, you know, you just get more of a feel and uh, get them, get to see them against more competition. And also they, they just, you know, naturally they mature more, um, you know, they get, they develop more physically and, uh, you know, just, you know, kids like uh, Klein who's six, five and two thirty. I mean, like all these kids, except for uh, Chamberlain, I think are six one, six two, or bigger. Um, I mean, Lacey's six four. I mean, like they're you're talking about, you know, some some big boys here. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, this year just being so unique with the ending of the amateur season in in March, you you certainly just had more of a book on college pitchers, right? More of a, a, a complete book on the college pitchers than you did on on high school players. But you know. Um, so the 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 draft came and went, right? First and second round, or first five rounds went over a couple of days, but then the weekend got busy with uh, with the free agent signings, and the Royals stayed with the colleges yet again with in, with college pitching. Three of the six signees are college pitchers. Let me let me introduce them. They stayed in the Big Twelve for I think John I think McMillan is how he pronounces his name. John McMillan, right-handed pitcher from Texas Tech. Um, the AJ Block, a left-handed pitcher from Washington State, and Chase Wallace, a right-handed pitcher from Tennessee, taken, you know, after the draft. But the interesting story here is not a pitcher, but a catcher. Tell us about him. Yeah, Kale Mshoff, catcher out of Arkansas Little Rock, was a guy who Baseball America had ranked in uh, number one seventy-four out of their top five hundred draft prospects. Um, and then baseball, uh, I mean, MLB.com also had him in their top 200 um, guy who, you know, sounded like there was a pretty strong indication that he could have been drafted. And I actually spoke with both his coach and him um, today and his coach, you know, was saying that they the, the Royals got a steal. He says they got a, a probably a third round type talent for on a free agent, you know, undrafted free agent contract. And um, talking with Kale, he said. You know, nine o'clock Sunday morning came and he sits down with his, you know, his phone and his iPad and his computer because, you know, you, you don't know what your team's going to want you to get on the Zoom call and all that sort of stuff. And as soon as it hit nine o'clock, you know, he gets the first call, picks it up. And then within a minute, there were 15 other calls on there. So, I mean, he um, he had some interest. He had some interest. He had some he was a center of a, sort of a recruiting battle. So right, and and of course these guys are free agents, right? They they can they can sign with anybody, and there's financial restrictions. Is it up to twenty? Is it twenty thousand dollars? Yeah, twenty thousand in the most. So it's sort of a level, you know, which you don't get in baseball, a level playing field where the offers are going to be pretty much the same. So it's and the player gets to choose. Um, so it's what he you know what he sees in the organization and what he um, you know what he likes or doesn't like about the organization. He gets to decide. And did, did you get a sense of what that what, what the response to that was? What was it about the Royals that that attracted him? Well, you know, we had talked probably for I mean, I guess probably going back a month now about how when the Royals decided they were going to pay their minor leaguers and they weren't going to cut guys, and how there was the you know the comment from uh, the quote from um, Dayton Moore that sort of went um, uh, all over the place and spread like wildfire about the the those guys and what they mean to the game of baseball. Well, right. his coach, his coach, uh, Chris Curry, mentioned that specifically about that quote without me even saying anything about it. He mentioned that quote that went viral, as he put it, and that that was something that spread throughout baseball. And he said, you know, he didn't push uh, Kale to the Royals, but he also mentioned that the Royals, and he's a guy who's a former catcher. He said his end of his minor league career came when he made, he went to spring training with the Royals. The Royals cut him. 
And he said it was early, might have been the first year, Dayton and J.J. Piccola. And the way they handled cutting him was something that he always remembered, the way they did it with class. And he said it's still something that he tries to emulate when it comes to, you know, um, dealing with players and maybe whether it's, you know, guys, um, you know, at that collegiate level. So that was one thing. And then Kale mentioned just the way that him and uh, the, the scout, Matt Price, had developed a relationship and the, the, the feel he had for the organization. Um, and he, again, you know, separately mentioned that, you know, just the way that they've treated their players was something that uh, that hit home for him. Yeah, lest, lest we forget, I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, recite a little piece of what Dayton Moore said. This was in late May when asked about the when the team's decision to stand by their minor league players when not every team in baseball was doing that. And this is what Dayton had to say, part of what Dayton had to say that um, about minor leaguers. They have as much opportunity to influence the growth of our game as those individuals that have played for a long time because those individuals go back into their communities and teach the game, work in academies or JUCO coaches, college coaches, scouts, coaches in pro baseball. They're growing the game constantly because they're so passionate about it. So we really, so it was, so we felt it was really, really important uh, not to release one minor league player during this time, a time we really need to stand behind them. Of course, um, you know, the, the, the Royals received universal praise, Dayton Moore, and of course the owner, the new owner, John Sherman, for standing behind their minor league players. So uh, that's neat to hear that, uh, that there was a, uh, an influence on, um, you know, the Royals got a, a coveted, undrafted free agent player, maybe because they they took this stance approach a few weeks ago. That's that's really cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, we've we've talked about it, and everybody sort of speculated about how oh, the Royals are going to do really well because of you know sort of this um, this the way they presented themselves and the way they've come off these last couple of weeks. But us saying it and then. You know, it's just sort of like it's, you know, it's just sort of gas bagging, <laughs> you know, right. for That's lack of right. a better term. But the the people who actually were involved in it, you know, his coach and him talked about that as the reason why he decided and this is a guy who had, uh, you know, pretty much it sounded like just about any team uh, uh, interested. And, I mean, Baseball America has touted him of the uh, the guys who signed all the organizations the first day as uh, the top signing was made that first day so far. Okay, uh, Lynn, it was great talking to you. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we will hear from the first two draft picks uh, in the, from the Royals, Asa Lacey, the pitcher from Texas A&M, and the Baylor shortstop who can play several positions, Nick Lofton. Lynn Worthy, great talking to you. We'll catch up with you later. Thanks. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Were there any anxious moments um, as you kind of waited uh, for the work pick to come around? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um... I knew Kansas City was the place where I wanted to be, so it wasn't a shock to me when I when I got the phone call from from Mr. 
Goldberg. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm extremely thankful that the Royals, you know, gave me this opportunity. So. What, uh, what appeals to you about the Royals? You know, they, they do have a lot of, uh, I don't know if you kept track, but they have a lot of young pitching prospects too, uh, that they drafted the last couple of years. Yeah. So, I mean, just the, the, uh, the guys from the SEC that they've gotten, um, including, you know, Chris Bubik from, from Stanford as well, just the competitive environment that I'm going to be in and, uh, spoke with, with Dayton Moore a lot and really just saw eye to eye, um, with him on our, on our personal views. And it was just very easy communication. So, um, still just, just very thankful and very proud. You've got overpowering stuff, obviously, but is there anything, any part of your game that, that you feel you've got to hone, um, to, to be a professional? Yeah, just continuing just to repeat my delivery as much as possible. So I, I'd like to probably, you know, I'd like to say I'm a perfectionist, but um, our psychologist here at Texas A&M uh, just continues to remind me just striving for excellence. So for me, that's just continuing to work on the consistency of the curveball and, and work the changeup in more because I didn't get to work it in a whole lot this spring. Thanks, Asa, and welcome. Asa, Alec Lewis um, with The Athletic. I'm curious, like, what, how fun slash surprising was last night? I mean, just what were the emotions like as the whole thing played out? Oh, it was amazing. Um, just, to, just to hear the, the roar from my friends and my family all around me, um, it, was, it was just incredible. Um, and, you know, a lot of these people I haven't seen for a while just with all of the, the COVID stuff, so – just to see everybody's face and see how happy everybody was. And, and just to finally hear your name called, it's such an honor. And I've certainly been waiting for this opportunity for a long time now. Have you ever been to Kansas City? Unfortunately, I have not. Welcome. I can't wait. Hey, so it's uh, Cody Tapp over at 610. I just, we've, we've talked a lot about how the minors are going to be handled for the Royals, you know, with all the COVID stuff too. How different do you think things are going to be for you over the next couple of months versus what it might have looked like had you been drafted by the Royals and still in the middle of your college season? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, a lot of, it looks like a lot of stuff's going to be at a spring training facility from what I've been told so far. Um, a lot of this process has been a lot different, you know, a lot more Zoom calls um, instead of, you know, playing baseball for the Aggies. So that's definitely been tough and a little different. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I mean, we can, we can get the major league season rolling and, and get, the, get some sort of, like, fall league going here. So, How hard was it to lose, lose that last bit of your college career? I mean, all things considered, you obviously started really well. Oh, it, it, was, it was really tough. I mean, it didn't quite hit me probably till a good month or two into all the, the quarantine stuff, just, you know, missing my teammates. And, um, you know, it was the most fun I've had playing baseball in my entire life th this year. And we had an incredible group of guys in the locker room. Um, and I think we had a real shot at, uh, at, at going to Omaha. So um, was looking forward to, you know, kind of leading us there. So it is definitely, definitely tough, emotionally kind of draining. Hey, Ace, it's uh, Lynn Worthy from the Kansas City Star. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I'm wondering for you, um, my understanding is uh, your parents were, were tennis players, so I wondered where this love of baseball came from for you. 
Um, it kind of just came from me not wanting to play a sport that my parents did. So I couldn't have them as coaches. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I played tennis, I played golf at an early age. Um, and I, and I was playing baseball at the same time. I remember hitting tennis balls with my dad and I used to hit balls over the fence. Like I was hitting a home run. So, uh, it was from an early on, I just had that love and that passion for baseball. And so did the, when did the, the idea that baseball might be your main sport, when did that take over? Um, and I, I think I, did I have this right that at one point, did you actually, you guys move to an area where you could be sort of on a team that you were already on and sort of stay with that group? Yep. Yeah. That's spot on. Uh, probably about the age of 14 is when I really thought I had a, a shot and, and I was going to, you know, commit everything I had to this game. So, um, I, we moved when I was 12 years old, uh, partly for my dad's work. I was also playing baseball in the talent we moved to, but he was working in South Texas as an oil and gas consultant. So he was doing a lot of driving back and forth to college station. So it, it just made sense and very thankful for that, that we did that. So what's, uh, what's this been like to sort of see this whole thing come full circle? I mean, you're not done, but to, to go top five, um, was that something that you had seen when you were a kid that you had even thought of that you had, you know, was a goal? You know, really it wasn't a goal of mine until out of high school. And, uh, but I was still just very realistic with my talent level and I just wasn't there. Um, but I've always had a, I've always had a dream and a goal to, to play, to pitch in the big leagues. Hey, it's uh, Travis Brown at the Bryan college station Eagle. What does it mean to you to be the, uh, the highest drafted Aggie of all time? Howdy, Travis. Um, you know, it's, I'd honestly say it's really cool. It, it's, it's such an honor just to be taken um, that high into an incredible organization. Um, and, I mean, just, to, just the fact that I was thought of as, as that talented and that high of a prospect. So um, it's kind of a surreal moment. Hey, hey, so Rob Collins with the Fox affiliate in Kansas City. Uh, always good to have another native Texan around. You're on the golf course right now. What have you learned from the game of golf that translates to baseball, especially being on the mound? Um, I mean, definitely the whole frustration part of it. I mean, it, to me, making a golf swing is a lot like making a pitch. You're not going to be perfect every time. Um, and there's just a very high level of consistency to both games. So um, I like to have a little more fun on the golf course. Um, you know, when I hit a bad shot, I kind of just laugh it off when I'm pitching. That's definitely not the case, so. Hey, so it's Alec again. Um, a lot of people have talked about the slider you developed over this, this past year. How do you feel like that pitch has come along, and who do you credit with helping you a ton with it? I'm, I'm really happy with how it's come along, and um, it's just very consistent, and I really know what my hand's doing at release, and so that has a lot to do with how I, how I morph it into a slider or a cutter. Um, you know, Coach Childress has helped a little bit, but the biggest thing that I can credit would honestly be the Rapsodo and just helping me experiment with different grips um, from all you know sorts of coaches, different players, guys that I've pitched with, played against. So, um, but yeah, it definitely had a very strong impact on just getting the right spin and and uh, it coming out of my hand at the right you know right angle and everything. And I know, obviously, you've seen Nick um, right there. You guys were on Team USA together, right? What's it like? joining each other at, with the road. Oh, yeah, it's super cool just to get to play with a guy. You know, he's from Texas, um, you know, went to Baylor, and, and then we actually roomed together in Japan. Um, I mean, Nick's a great guy, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting some hitters to hit him some balls. So, 
You mentioned Asa, so Cody Tapp from 610 again. You mentioned that you and Dayton had similar or you had lined up in your thought process. What, what did you mean by that? Do you mean as far as what type of pitcher you think you're going to be off the field? He was very upfront, honest about the Kansas City Royals and how they and how he likes to run things and just his personal views on life. Um, you know, I mean, as a GM, as a coach, um, as a husband, as a father. So um, I can really, really appreciate that. And I mean, we just saw eye to eye on a lot of things and he was very positive. We talked, you know, a little bit about what's going on in today's world. I won't go into that too much, but um, yeah, it was just a great conversation. Asa, Clint Scholes from Royals Academy here. I saw a quote attributed to you that you love the process of getting better and practicing. When did that mindset kick in for you, and how do you continue that drive even after success? For me, that really kicked in at an early age, but I'd say I, I noticed it more probably somewhere in between my freshman and sophomore year of college. Um, I don't know. To me, like I, I love the grind. Um, I love the process. I love learning. Um, and I like seeing the results. So, um, I mean, that's all, that's pretty much all I got there, but you know, all of our guys that you'll see teammates that kind of just go through the motions. And, and for me, I'm very purpose driven. And, um, I think that's, what's made me who I am today. Along those same lines, you had a good sophomore season, but then you went out and you tweaked your delivery with probably with the use of rap soda and that increased your, your release point height. Did you get the results that you were looking for by doing that coming into this year, obviously? Yeah. So I just wanted more extension and I really didn't focus on the whole release release height, but, um, I, I noticed, you know, just being a little smoother, um, going down the mound as I, as I came out of my leg lift, um, would help me get that extension. Cause I always had the, the explosiveness out of my back leg. It was just syncing everything up and timing it better. Um, so got the extension up and, um, got the spin up a little bit on the fastball, and it, I could really – I already had a, a good vertical break on my fastball, but it really just kind of popped this year, so. Everybody good? Uh, I had one that, one more of this wine, if I could. Go ahead, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, when we're I'm holding up the whole golf course. <laughs> oh, no, y'all are great. Y'all are good. It's just me right now. No, no, no rush at all. Be, I'd hate to be playing behind you right now. Just tell them to play through. <laughs> Play through. That's all. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Lynn Worthy from the Kansas State Star again. Um, the, the Royal Scouting Director Lonnie Goldberg last night was talking about sort of your competitiveness and uh, intensity on the mound. For you, is that something that um, has always, like, you know, going back to when you were a youngster, or was that something that developed um, as you got older? That uh, sort of your, and is that a different uh, demeanor on and off the field for you? Yeah. So for me, I mean, when I step in between the lines, I step on that mound. Um, I'm just, I, it, I flip a switch and it starts with my whole warm up routine, but that competitiveness is definitely something that's been in me for my entire life. It's just, um, a matter of matter of time before a coach brought it out of me. And I've had a few coaches that have done a pretty good job, but no one better than coach Childers. I mean, he truly just brought that fire out in me, um, and, and let me run with it and let me just be myself. Oh, okay. Um, Hi guys, this is actually for both of you, both from Texas, both stayed in Texas for your education. This is kind of a very generic. How excited are you to come to Kansas City? Do you even know anything about Kansas City? I'm sure you both saw the reaction to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be awesome. I just, I can't wait. Um, 
I'm really, really looking forward to it. Just getting to meet everybody, um, getting to meet the front office, getting to see Nick again. I mean, it's, it's really going to be a very great time. Happy time of my life. Nick, uh, I'm sorry, Asa, a uh, question about this is usually the day that you're at Kauffman Stadium. You're holding the jersey, posing for pictures in front of the media. We get to meet you for the first time. Obviously, it's, it's a lot different scenario with, with, with what's happening here. How are you kind of, what's your next step? I mean, how do you kind of go from here with the situation that we're dealing with the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I think we still have to be smart and safe, but uh, I'm just going to continue to work out and, and throw and uh, just continue my progressions. I've starting, been starting to ramp things back up with bullpens and stuff like that. And, I mean, I love this game and I love the process. It's so fun for me. So, and, and uh, I mean, golf's, golf's been a pretty good distraction too, just to keep my mind off of things. All right, can we let uh, Asa go and uh, have a shot at Nick here? Let Asa finish his round. <laughs> I think so. Asa, thank hey, you so hey, much for your time. Appreciate it. I'm going to give you a call a little later about a couple other things, okay? Okay, sounds great. Thank all of you for your time. Thank you for yours. Appreciate it. All Nick, right, bye-bye. Nick, -bye. is yours. Uh, questions for Nick Lofton. Hey, Nick. Uh, Jeffrey Flanagan, MLB.com. Um, ask Asa kind of the same thing, but – you were kind of all over the, the mock draft boards too. So your night was a little bit longer and uh, were there a lot of anxious moments too for you uh, before the Royals took you? No, absolutely. Yeah. The whole draft, uh, even before the draft, man, I've been, I was so anxious uh, just about the, the whole process of it. And a couple of days before as well, it's just, I'm excited uh, where I'm at and excited to be a Royal ready to get back on the field and compete again. There's been some comparisons to of you to to Whit Merrifield. Um, have you heard those before? And how flattered are you that yeah exists? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Whit Merrifield, one of the, one of the better versatile guys in the game. Uh, definitely, it's exciting just because of his sheer ability to play the game and play it the right way. And uh, when when they say guys who who will do anything to win, play anywhere to win, that's just kind of my mentality as well is I'm here to win, whether that's me at shortstop, me at second, me in the outfield or me on the mound, I'm, I'm there to win and, and compete. So no, it's, it's awesome. Super excited. Did you always have that versatility just growing up? Did you just one of those guys who just played every single position? Um... Yeah, growing up, I mean, I played it all from pitcher, cat, not, I mean, not catcher, but uh, pitcher, shortstop, second, infield, outfield, you name it. That's the only position I never played was catcher growing up, but I'm pretty sure I could play it too if, uh, <laughs> if need be for sure. But uh, yeah, I've always been that versatile guy growing up just because of my sheer nature of just wanting to win and doing whatever it takes to help the team win. Like I said, regardless if that's me in the infield or me in the outfield. Well, congratulations, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you. Nick, it's Alec at The Athletic. Um, what Last night, what was last night like for you to be around your family, your mom? I know, heard a lot about how much your mom has, has meant to you in your baseball career. Just what, what was that like? Man, it was it was unbelievable. It was my family, my friends, and my coaches from high school and from Baylor. All those people around me have had a significant impact on my life, uh, not only as a baseball player, but as a person uh, and my character growing up and just my sheer growth as a human being. I mean – especially with my mom. My mom, she's been through it all. I mean, she even retired early just 
to take me around to practice, to travel me across the, the country to play. I mean, she, she even called my bullpens as a kid, which was awesome. Unfortunately, until I turned 13 and started throwing a little bit harder, she couldn't catch me. Uh, but I mean, the whole, my whole family, friends, girlfriend, coaches, the, the people that were there, it was a really special moment, especially because they've had such a big impact on my life and my career. Hey, Nick. So Mick, oh, go ahead, Alec. Hey, so Dayton, um, I mean, just in your conversations with the Royal staff, how impressed were you by, by what they, I guess, told you had, had to offer? Just how impressed were you? I was super impressed. The, the Royal staff, uh, front office people, I mean, they're just the most genuine people I've ever met, especially throughout this whole process. Like I used to say, we've, we've been doing Zoom meetings since the quarantine happened being able to talk with different clubs, but by far the Royals were the most genuine people I've ever met, especially with how they, they ex- accepted me as a person and as a player. And I mean, every day one of them would text me asking, how am I doing? How's my family doing? Just sheer great people. And it shows, and it goes a long way in life, not just in baseball, uh, but it, it's been awesome. And I'm super, super blessed to be a part of this organization. And uh, it's been awesome. Thank you, man. Nick, Mick Schaefer, 41 Action News in, uh, in Kansas City. Can you maybe speak to just your, your range of emotions? I'm sure that you, you've had from March to this point. I mean, your Big 12 preseason player of the year, you get off to a good start, and then you have most of your season killed. And then, then you hear your, your name called in the first night of the draft. What, what have these last few months been like for you? And losing the season, did, did that hurt you? Because there was at least one team considering you as, as high as the fourth pick, and that, that was, was the Royals. Yeah, no, it's been a roller coaster of emotions for this whole entire year. I mean, from the uh, start of the season and then shutting it down with uh, the COVID, uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions for sure, especially once the season ended. Uh, I thought to myself, because we didn't, they didn't, uh, NCAA didn't come up with that, uh, the rule for uh, the seniors and everybody getting a year back. So I, I quickly thought of the seniors and, and it was really emotional and uh, thinking about them and, and how it, that could have been their, their last game ever to play. I mean, quite frankly, that Wednesday or Tuesday game that, that everybody played in the country, nobody thought that that was going to be the last college baseball game ever played. I sure didn't. And uh, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions, but I mean, none compared to, to what happened last night with how excited my family was, how excited I was. I mean, this is, it's a dream come true. And, Quite frankly, it doesn't end here. I mean, I never had a dream of playing professional baseball. I had a dream of playing Major League Baseball. And uh, this is just another step in, in, in my process, and my progress is making my way to the big leagues. So I'm excited, and it's, it's been an awesome year. And just taking it day by day. I mean, that's all we can do, especially during these times, just enjoying the times with our family. I mean, I'm sure you guys uh, have had never had really this, this much time to be with y'all's family especially during this COVID time. So especially for me, I mean, I'm usually off plane during this time. So being able to stay home with my family and, and see my, my niece and nephew grow up has been really, really awesome. Great stuff. Thanks, man. Congrats. Thank you. Anybody else for Nick? Yeah, Nick, uh, what, what do you, and um, what do you remember with Asa when you guys played, this is Len Jennings from KMBC in Kansas city. When you guys were playing for the USA team and traveling and roommates in Japan, uh, what did you see from Asa, like maybe that he stood out uh, that maybe like, some Royals fans are looking forward to see down the road? 
Oh, he was probably one of the most focused guys I've ever, I've ever met. I remember and we would room together. So I'd come in and he'd already be thinking about how he was plans for, for recovery or plans for his next outing and stuff like that. So he was always a focused guy. I mean, he, he was really uh, preparing himself for his next start. He, he was always thinking towards that future, that future start, next start, next start. So he was always that guy who was really prepared and shoot quite frankly, my, my saying is when you're prepared, you're more confident. When you're more confident, you're able to be more successful. So, I mean, Royals fans, you're going to, you're getting one of the best starters in, in all the games. So it's, it's, this is exciting for, for all of us. I'm excited that he's on our team. I mean, that's a, it's awesome to be able to play behind him. And I know he's a, a good, a good guy to get ground balls from and I'm excited for him and excited for this organization, excited for all of us. So. And then the next question I have for you is last night. I know that Dayton and Lonnie talked to us last night that they had you high up on the board, possibly fourth. When the fourth pick went by, what was your emotion? And I mean, were you surprised that all of a sudden that you you're back with the Royals at 32? I mean, I just took it pick by pick. It wasn't, I knew that the Royals were really interested in me. And I mean, this is the place that I want to be. And just like I said, this is the most genuine people that I've ever met. And they care for people. They care for the genuine person uh, before a baseball player. And of course, they care about the baseball side, but they care about you as a person. That's that's probably the best part about this organization. But I took it pick by pick, and uh, finally, when when Rob Manfred said the thirty second pick, the Kansas City Royals select Nick Lofton, I was I was ecstatic. My family was ecstatic. I've never seen my dad jump out of the seat so fast. So it was awesome, and I'm super super pumped, super stoked to be a part of this team and ready to win. Hey, uh, Nick, it's Lynn Worthy from the Kansas City Star. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I wondered uh, for everybody who maybe only has heard, you know, just about your versatility, what, um, how would you describe yourself as a player? Shoot, I'm one of the best competitors out there. And quite frankly, that's kind of what's helped me be who I am is my ability to compete at such a high level and be able to make adjustments throughout uh, my career is like from high school going into college, the, just the sheer fast pace of how the game went. I was able to make adjustments extremely, extremely quick. And I know once I get into pro ball, it's just going to speed up even more. And my ability to make that adjustment into pro ball uh, will definitely uh, keep me around and keep me moving forward and progressing in my game. And just my sheer ability to understand my strengths and keep on my strengths and also understand what I can work on in a sense and make them my strengths. So uh, definitely I, I'm going to progress as a baseball player. I'm going to progress as a, as a person in pro ball as well. And uh, I'm excited to see the growth and, and what I can do on the baseball field in the future. So what does your schedule look like now? Because traditionally, as we mentioned before, as someone else mentioned before, you know, you'd, you'd come here and, and meet everybody, but with everything going on, what what does your life look like now after the draft? And it, honestly, it's it's baseball, baseball, and baseball. And then, uh, quite frankly, it's like I said, my goal is to be a major league baseball player. That's always been my goal. So it starts now my work. So every day it's baseball, hitting, taking ground balls, working out, staying ready because baseball will be played again one day and I want to be ready for it. And that's just kind of, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as everybody else, especially like Asa. I mean, we just got to stay ready for uh, 
when that time's going to come, and it's going to come pretty soon. So uh, it's it's just about a waiting game now and just staying ready. So Nick, does your mom hit you ground balls then? You know, since she actually used you take to take care of the rest. No, she actually used to hit me ground balls as well. I mean, for the most part, I think it's just cool that my mom used to literally sit on a bucket and catch my bullpens as a kid growing up, and uh, she's done it all. And she she's awesome. She that's kind of where I got my baseball ability. She used to play softball, not in college, but that's kind of where she she grew up doing is playing softball and. She just would catch my bullpens, and she'd hit me ground balls, fly balls, you name it. It was baseball every single day at the Lofton household. So, Nick, you were uh, tapping into your power a little bit more this year. Was that something that you concentrated on doing? No, not at all. If you like, look at my freshman sophomore years. It, my power numbers progressed as I got older, matured a little bit more. Uh, as far as it's something I was working on, I don't believe so. It's just something that uh, was progressing in a positive direction as my years went on with Baylor. And it's for sure going to progress in the future as I, as I make the adjustment into pro ball. Uh, and every step of the way, it's just going to get better and better and better. I'm going to get stronger, stronger, faster, faster uh, as, as I get older and grow uh, more. And as my metabolism starts to slow down, that'd be nice too. So uh, it'd be a lot easier. Uh, once I get into pro ball and, and I make that adjustment. Anybody else? Well, Nick, we can't thank you enough for taking the time. Sorry about the uh, little problems there at the start, but we got it figured out. And you That's actually okay. got to be part of the whole press conference. So thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to give you a shout in a couple of minutes, talk about a couple of things real quick. Uh, but uh, as long as everybody else is done with you, we thank you. Welcome to the Royals. And, uh, We'll see you up here soon enough, I hope. Perfect. I'm excited. Thank you, guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for joining me today to lend his expertise on the Royals. And links to Royal stories can be found in the show notes and always on the True Blue app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes the Sports Extra on the E-Edition. There's more than 30 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus some extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we will talk to you again on tuesday